Hive Hoops. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. The Charlotte Hornets fall yet again, 132 to 112 to the New Orleans Pelicans, now 8 and 30 on the season. Not here to really talk about that whatsoever. I mean, it's just another loss in the long saga of losses for the 2023 2024 Charlotte Hornets. I mean, it looked a lot like the rest of the games, honestly. We had a couple names back. We lost a few more. We even, oh my gosh, we even lost Eric Collins. Eric Collins missed his first game since 2015. Bro doesn't get sick. But he's even sick and tired of this Charlotte Hornets team. The losses, they just keep piling up. The players, the names, the faces, they they alternate, they swap, they change. It's just another loss for the Hornets. But this is really what I wanted to talk about on this episode There's been a lot of information coming out about the Charlotte Hornets and the possibility of their interest and activity at the NBA trade deadline. And so yesterday, I mean, there was news from Jake Fisher. There was uh, news from Brian Windhorst. There was other guys from Bleacher Report. I'm forgetting the guy's name. Man. Anyways, there were there were reputable league-wide guys who were talking about the Charlotte Hornets and their willingness to make a move at the trade deadline. Now, on the last episode, I came on and I said, look, I, Mitch is gone in three months. We sit here January the 18th, okay? Come April... He is gone. The time to move Mitch Kupchak in order to make moves at this trade deadline, that was months ago. We knew coming into this season that Mitch Kupchak was not going to receive an an extension. He was not going to be here next year. I mean, you had – I don't know what universe there is. Did the Charlotte Hornets have to get 50 wins if they got 50 wins? Was Mitch going to be asked to come back? Maybe. I don't know. But we knew that that wasn't going to happen. So you can just take that possibility out. We knew this. And so now on the last episode, I talked about how I don't really want Mitch Kupchak making any moves at the deadline. Because it means one of two things. It means that Mitch Kupchak gets to put his fingerprints on this organization even further when he is the main problem. He, I'm sorry, but he is. Even beyond the players. The, it's, it's Mitch Kupchak in the front office, and then right below that is the players. They're really close. But this front office is sat pat. For far too long. They make minimalist trades. They say, oh, we can't even get involved there. We allowed Miles Bridges to absolutely hijack two different off seasons. 
that's not good. He's not that guy. And I'm not going to go on that tangent and that tirade again because I've done it too many times now. But Mitch Kupchak is the – he is at the top of what the Charlotte Hornets' problems are. And so, one, I don't want him making any more decisions and putting any more fingerprints on this franchise. Number two, anything that Mitch Kupchak does – do at the trade deadline will have been approved by new ownership, by Plotkin, by Schnall. And we already have an owner in the city of Charlotte that wraps himself up too often in the daily operations of the local sports team. I do not want that again. What does Plotkin and Schnall what knowledge of team builder building, of roster building, of roster construction do they have? I do not want them signing off or checking off on anything. We already have an owner in the city that does that. We've seen how that goes. And so... To me, as, as, as hard as it may sound and it may seem, I want the Charlotte Hornets to basically do a bunch of nothing at the trade deadline. If they could, if they could package some young guys, maybe there's a team out there who would like to take, you know, a flyer on some of the young guys. I, I mean, I'm even trying to think of who would want to take a flyer on any of the guys for the Hornets that are named Book Knight, Thor, McGowan's. There's just nothing. <laughs> like, like there's nothing. And so the only trades, the only people that anybody or the only players that anybody's going to want is Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. You may have a team that wants to kind of do the Miles Bridges, see about it, see if he'd be okay with going there. I mean, I don't know how Miles Bridges wouldn't sign off on a trade at this point of the season. You're eight and 30. So, I mean, I would be hitting up teams, seeing if they're interested. I'd be picking up the phone call if, if if the subject matter is Miles Bridges. And, I mean, those are going to be the guys that, that other teams are looking for. And, I mean, yeah, you can have Hayward. You can have Bridges. You can even have Rozier for a certain price. But some of the stuff I saw yesterday, it, it's just get just a, too many people in the fan base just wanting to trade, just to trade. I know you're fed up. I know you're. I know you're frustrated. I am as well. I'm frustrated. There's not anybody without blame on this entire team. There's not one. I'm frustrated as well, but you can't just 
gift a guy like Terry Rozier to an opposing team just to get off of Terry Rozier's contract so that you can get pick 27 in return? Like, what the heck is that going to do for you? What is pick 27 going to do for you in return for Terry Rozier? Give you extra cap space? For who? For who? Who are you going to go out and get? Now, in in seasons prior, I saw some avenues. But for right now, who are you going to go out and get with 20, 25 mil that's just as good as Terry Rozier? And if you get off of Terry's 25 mil a year, then that means to get a player of his caliber, you're going to have to spend 20 to 25 mil again. So you're just swapping it out. And okay, maybe you do that. And then, okay, in addition, you have the first round pick, which you could hit on out there somewhere. So, I mean, there's an avenue to where even that could make sense. But aren't, isn't everybody just kind of tired of waiting for these draft picks to develop? Just sitting and waiting for the young guys. I mean, it takes multiple years. It takes multiple years for these guys to become what they're going to be. And that's all that we have on this team currently. You have Terry Rozier. And you have Gordon Hayward. Those are the only two guys that aren't young guys on this team that you're waiting to see what they can become. I mean, we're still waiting for what LaMelo can become. And he's in year four. We're still waiting on LaMelo. We're still waiting on LaMelo to mature. We're still waiting on LaMelo to be able to stay healthy. We're still waiting on LaMelo to be able to play defense. And, and and improve some of these areas of his game where he is severely lacking. And it's, it's not crazy to say that. Yeah, another thing we saw yesterday, we saw the Indiana Pacers go in for an all-NBA caliber, all-star year in, year out in Pascal Siakam. Indiana went out and added more talent to put around their young star. Charlotte has not done that. But then also LaMelo hasn't stayed healthy. Should there have been a move in prior seasons? I believe so. I do. Pairing LaMelo with Mason Plumlee for two seasons of his of his career that's awful <laughs> I, it, that's just really bad but we can't just make trades just because we're frustrated we can't we shouldn't be sitting here saying Mitch do something when he's on his way out the door we shouldn't be sitting here saying, yeah, but the ownership, 
can approve and, and sign off on anything that Mitch comes up with or that he's approached with. I don't want that. I don't want these new guys signing off on things. They don't know about roster construction. Get a guy in here this summer who does and let him get to work early April. I mean, this is – you cut ties with Mitch. I mean, the reports come out at the end of the season. The Charlotte Hornets will uh, – you know, and Mitch Kupchak are parting ways. Boom. You announce that late March. The day, and, and then you start the search then. The season's over. There's Play-in isn't even in, in, in sight, which is insane. The NBA literally created the play-in so that every team would have a shot and a chance and an opportunity at the playoffs to where you wouldn't have teams tanking from the from the jump. And that's not what the Charlotte Hornets were trying to do. We just naturally suck by being ourselves. We didn't have to we didn't have to tank. We didn't have to create this environment. It just happened naturally. Because of the roster construction. Because of the injuries. But also because we just keep waiting for young talent to develop and it's not developing. Had a players only meeting. What the hell was said in that thing? I mean, you waited until you were 37 games into the season to have one of those. And then when you're when the season's already over. And then on top of that, you come out the next game, you got nothing. You allow 130-plus points to the Pelicans. They set a franchise record of made threes, which happens regularly against this Charlotte Hornets team. Not just this season. I'm talking about this version of the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo, Terry, Miles, Gordon, Cody Martin, JT Thor. Bryce McGowan's, this iteration, Nick Richards, this version of the Charlotte Hornets that we've had for the past few seasons, it's not a mistake. It's not a happen chance. This stuff happens because this is a bad basketball team. But do we want just a fire sale in the next month as Mitch Kupchak's on out the door and we have ownership possibly dabbling in the daily operations and the daily, you know, happenings of this team. I don't. It's bad. I get it. It is bad. If you can get something for Gordon Hayward, sure. If you can get something for Gordon Hayward, 
go for it. I'm not going to say no to that, right? I'm not trying to take on bad contracts for him, though. Maybe you can find some other expirings that aren't as good as Gordon Hayward. Seen a lot from uh, Philly where you could get Covington and you could get uh, Morris. And then maybe they throw in a second-round pick or two. I'm fine with that. I would be okay with something along those lines because you're not setting yourself up for long-term money. So if you can do something like that, sure. But let's be for real. Gordon Hayward's probably on the buyout market. And it's going to be it's going to be a bittersweet day because the Gordon Hayward experiment in Charlotte is finally going to be over. But then when you realize you got nothing for Hayward on the court or via trade, once you finally decided to move off of him and saw that it did not work, when you see that you got nothing in both areas, that's the, that's going to be the bitter part. Because he was your big free agency signing over the past <laughs> four or five seasons for the Charlotte Hornets. That was your guy. That's who the franchise said we're willing to pay this guy to come in and be our number one, lead our team, help the young guys develop, be an example, be a vet. And he just he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't provide those. I mean, he's injured yet again this season and last and the one prior and the one before that. It's just – and that's what's going to happen with Gordon Hayward. Buyout. But just trading Terry Rozier for a late first-round pick, like he's your only ounce of leadership you have on this team. And, yeah, maybe he and LaMelo don't work. Maybe they don't work beautifully together. Maybe they're not the perfect fit. But trading one of your best players for a 2026 first, that sounds awful. <laughs> that just that just does not sound good. And so, like, I'm not really for that. I I, I would need something more. I need I just do. I'm not out here to do favors for other franchises. I want the Charlotte Hornets to be good. I don't want the Miami Heat to be good. The reports, Terry Rozier's preferred destination is Miami Heat. Okay, cool. We don't have to meet that. I'm not trying to meet that. I'm not trying to take their 2026 first. For what has been our best player this season, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. PJ's been linked back to to Dallas. Dallas is always like PJ. They just couldn't make the money work over the summer. Um, that could be interesting. Uh, moving off of PJ, I, that, that wouldn't be terrible because, I mean, anything you get back in return, is it really going to be that bad of a deal? Honestly, is it really going to be a bad deal? He's not that guy. He's not that kind of player to where you trade him away and then you're like, man, we just really lost that trade. So 
moving off of that, I'd be okay with as well. I mean, this team, it does need to be blown up. But can we does it have does it have to happen under Mitch Kupchak and new ownership? Or can we just make it to the offseason? Get a competent person in the building who looks at this roster differently, who doesn't sit back and say, hey, I think we have the talent. I think we got better. I don't know about the rest of the conference, but I think we got better. And who doesn't view the league the same way as Mitch. That's where I'm at. So we'll sit back. We'll see. We'll see what the Hornets do as they lead up to the NBA trade deadline. Some reports saying they're going to be more active, but people really don't know. It's a wild card because everybody knows Kupchak's on his way out. But everybody also knows that this team stinks and that they do have a couple guys who could help some contending teams. So it'll be interesting, but Charlotte Hornets should not sell themselves short. They should aim high. And if they do not get what they're asking for, like where they are a clear winner, then you don't do it. And you wait until the offseason when you get your competent new GM in the building. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hive Hoops. Until next time, adios.